Hey, Grace Covenant. Welcome to Grace Online today. What a privilege to hang out with you to get into the Word. Um, God's doing some great things. I'm glad that we get to be a part of what He's doing. And today, today I want to talk to you about a crisis that's happening in our land that I believe wrecks the heart of God. It's an issue that um, the church cannot be silent about. It's the issue of abortion. It's the issue of taking of innocent lives. You know, I've been told by some that this is a political issue, that we shouldn't talk about it in the church, but I believe more than a political issue, it's a moral issue. It's a moral issue that God's Word is very clear about. And so we want to talk about that today. You know, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 reads like this, Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. As the church, as living representatives of Jesus Christ, we must take a stand for justice. We must take a stand for that which is right. And so let me, as we start today, let me just give you the tragic truth, what I call the tragic truth of abortion. Abortion is the leading cause of death in the United States of America today. It's not cancer. It's not heart disease. It's abortion. Did you know that 17,000 babies are killed every week in the United States of America? You know, we're deeply concerned about the COVID crisis and about the possibility of death. But what about abortion? Did you know that since, since the Roe versus Wade in 1973, over 60 million innocent lives have been taken? Here's another tragic truth about abortion. Abortions are allowed in some states right up to the time of birth. One in four women and men, and I mentioned men because it takes two in this process, one in four women and men will have an abortion in their lifetime. 54% of those who choose to have an abortion identify as being Christians. So there's no way around it. There's an injustice. There's, a, there's an evil that's happening in our land. And we as a church are called, I believe, to be a light into the darkness, to be a light to stand for that which is, is true and right. And what I'm confident of is we operate out of love and grace. We, we can become a voice for the voiceless. We can make a difference as we're willing to take that stand. You know, we've been a part of saving lives through our partnership with Love Life. Over the, four and a, over the past four and a half years in our work with Love Life, along with a lot of other churches, get this, 2,092 babies' lives have been saved. That is a phenomenal number, 2,000. And 92 lives who would have been aborted were saved because the church showed up, the church prayed, the church took a stand. As a result of that, today there is life. Not only that, countless individuals have come to experience the grace of God coming to salvation through the ministry of, of Love Life. And, and that's one of our critical partners as we take a stand for life. And I think it's amazing what happens when the church shows up, stands up, and speaks up. You know, what's clearly revealed in the Bible is that God is the creator of life and that he values every life, no matter the age, the stage of development, the color of skin or, or anything else. And as Christ followers, we're called to stand for life. And what we can't do is just sit on the sidelines and allow injustice to play out. What, what we can't what we can do is uh, is not get engaged. We can't pretend like it's not happening or it's it's someone else's problem. We can't pretend when there's organizations like Planned Parenthood who are pr- promoting abortion as an okay option and when abortion clinics across our nation are daily ending the lives of hundreds and thousands of innocent babies. Like, where's the church? 
Where's the place of the church? The elective abortion unjustly takes the life of an innocent human being and is a violation of God's word and God's way. What we have to know is that every baby is made in God's image and God's likeness. I mean, going all the way back to the beginning, the beginning, the beginning of creation, Genesis 1.27 reads like this, God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. So when God created human beings, he didn't like randomly create. No, he created us in his likeness and in his image. So there's nothing else in God's creation that was created after him or like him. It's only human beings. So we see the value of life, the value of life in, in all stages. And that's why we take a stand for the wrong of abortion. Now, now before I go any further, let me take a minute to address those who today are are watching and possibly you've experienced the pain of abortion or you know of someone who's who's been down that path maybe different circumstances that brought them to that choice but they made that choice and today they're dealing with the pain maybe the shame the guilt of that what i would want you to know today and hear me clearly there is hope there's hope there's forgiveness what you have to know and the wonder of god's grace is that abortion is not the unpardonable sin is abortion wrong? Yes, it is. Is it a sin? Yes, it is. But the good news is, is that God's grace is greater than our sin. Through the provision of Jesus Christ today, you can have your wrong forgiven. That will not only change, that will not change what you did in the past or the choice that you made. So you can't unsin, but, but what you can do is repent and receive the mercy and grace of God. Here's the good news today. You can be forgiven. Now, I love the scripture in 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our wrongs, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So if, if you or, or someone you know has experienced the pain of wrongly choosing abortion, then please hear me today. Forgiveness is available through Jesus Christ. Today you can have slate wiped clean. You do not have to carry the guilt and the shame of the past. You know, the adversary of your soul would want you to believe because you made a wrong choice, a wrong decision, that you're damaged goods, that God could never love you, that there's no hope, there's no future. And I would want you to know today that that's absolutely not true. Listen, you, you do not have to carry that guilt and shame. Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you don't have to live with that common condemnation. Why? Because of the grace of God and the mercy of God. Because of the reality that you can be forgiven. Not only can you live free, but I think here, here's something important for you to understand is that your past could actually minister to someone else. Your place of pain, your, your place of grace can actually become that which God uses to help others who may be stuck, stuck in the guilt of a past decision. Or out of your experience, you may be able to help others who are in the critical place of decision as it relates to a life that's developing in the womb. I know here in our Grace Covenant family, there's a number of individuals who've experienced the pain of, of an abortion in their past, yet they've come to experience the wonder of God's grace. They, they've been not only forgiven but restored. And today, out of their experience, out of something that they can't change in their past, they're actually leveraging that to help others, to be a voice of encouragement, a voice of hope, a voice of counsel. So rather than being stuck in the past, 
What I know you can do is this. You can use your past and minister out of that to bring help for others. So if you've experienced the pain of abortion, please know that God loves you, loves you outrageously. He'll forgive you completely. And who knows? Who knows how we might use your past to help someone else? So, so what is our charge? What's our charge as the body of Christ? I believe as the body of Christ, we're called to stand for justice as we are a voice for the unborn, and to stand with a mother who would choose life. And not only are we called to pray, and we should pray, but we're also called to take action. We're called to speak up, to to stand up. But more than just speaking out against abortion, we have to be willing to be a part of the solution. We have to be willing to come alongside those who choose life, to be help for them, to be a support for them. And it's not enough. It's not enough just to say abortion is wrong, and I truly believe it's wrong. But my question today is, what are we going to do as the church to make it right? How are we going to help? How are we going to be that lifeline? How are we going to be an active part of the solution? We see this in the story of the Forrest family, a phenomenal story of a couple who chose to do more than just say abortion is wrong. They they chose to be a part of a miracle process. Listen to their story. One day, um, we had a girl that said, would you adopt my child? And I, and I said, yes. And I had never mm-hmm. thought of adoption. Mm-hmm. In the times that I had, I thought I couldn't do it or we couldn't do it. So we just started praying. We got a phone call from one of our friends. She's a doula. And so she said, um, we have a a mom who's looking for adoptive parents. So we started speaking and over the next um, seven weeks we became very close and um, built a relationship. She had had multiple um, abortions and that hurt and pain from it, but she had told the Lord that she never wanted to do that again. Mm -hmm. And um, through that, the night that he was born, um, she received the Lord, mm-hmm. so she was adopted into His kingdom when we adopted Him. We were serving one morning. We were at one of the prayer walks, and I went over and I checked the box. Once I checked the box, it was for us to make that next step and start our journey. We're, we're starting map classes uh, just recently and within four months we're expecting another miracle to be in our home. It's been really fun. Our boys have been praying for not just one, but possibly siblings, like more. They want a big family. You know, Tyler one day, he said, um, Mom, they can take their babies to the hospital. Like, we were, we were brought home from the hospital. <laughs> So he, you know, from just a childlike mind, you know, for them it's so simple. That's how, that's how they were given a home. And so we love to see their faith and how it's growing. My prayer is, is that the light is shown on just what an amazing journey it is. And once we experienced it, we want to continue doing it as much as possible.
What a great story. You know, I believe that as we're willing to get involved, as we're willing to take a stand for life, we can make a difference. We can save lives. And that's what we're called to. I mean, that's what's clearly stated in God's Word. So I want to take just a couple minutes and talk with you about what God's Word says. Because at the end of the day, what really matters is is not someone's opinion, not a political view. But at the end of the day, what really matters is what does God's Word say? It's that that we want to build our lives on. So let's look to the truth of God's Word. I think there's four statements clearly, clearly defined in God's Word. The first is this. God is just, and He's called us to stand for justice. God is just in, in all of His dealings with humanity. Matter of fact, the Scripture says that God's very foundation is just. And then in Psalm chapter 9, verse 16, the Scripture says, The Lord is known by His justice. And not only is God just, but He's called us as Christ followers to to live justly, to to act justly, to take a stand for that which is right, and to stand against that which is wrong. I mean, listen to a couple of these verses of Scripture. Again, we're we're just looking right to what God's Word says. In Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1, the Scripture says, this is what the Lord says. Again, this is not a political party. This is not someone else's view. This is exactly what God says. Maintain justice. Do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. And then in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, God says these words, I've showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Here it is. What does the Lord require of us? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. So not only is God just, but the charge, the challenge to each of us as his followers is that we would act justly, that we would we would stand for that which is right. Not only does God... Not only that, but as we look further in God's word, this is what we discover is that God calls us to choose life. You know, the issue of abortion is is not really about statistics. It's not about numbers. It's not about theories. It's it's not even about political views. This is about life. You know, it can be really easy to answer hypothetically as you weigh kind of the evidence and evaluate the issue of abortion. It becomes very different when it gets right down to to a real face-to-face life situation. And the, the pre-born baby is it's, it's not a mass of tissue, but it's a human life from the point of conception. I mean, consider the following facts. These are scientific facts, medical facts. The heart begins to beat between the 18th and 24th day after conception. The brain waves are recorded as early as, as 45 days after conception. The mother can feel physical movements in the womb as early as 42 days after conception. And at eight weeks, the baby possesses the unique fingertips that it'll have for a lifetime. All of these proven facts that we're talking about are, are, I mean, prove the fact that we're talking about a human life. And we are charged to choose life. Matter of fact, listen to how the scripture reads Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. God says, this day I call heaven and earth. As a witness against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. Notice what the word says. Now choose life. Get this. So that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. What does God's word clearly charge us to? To to choose life. So God, who's the giver of life, the creator of life, calls you and I to, to choose life. 
And as we look further in God's word, we discover this truth, that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and following, the scripture says, there's six things the Lord hates. There's seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Notice, hands that shed innocent blood. One of the things that God hates is the hands that shed innocent blood. Why? Because it's the taking of a human life that is um, that's so valuable. It's the taking of a human life created in, in his image and in his likeness. You know, all those signs cannot tell us what's right or wrong. It can tell us from the earliest stages of human development that the unborn are a distinct living and whole human beings. Abortion always kills a human being. It's not just a clump of cells. It, it's a human life. In our culture today may not connect the term abortion, the process of abortion with, with an act of violence against a fellow member of, of the human community, but that's what it is. Abortion is the shedding of innocent blood, which God hates. Again, why? Because he values life, the life of every human being, whether it's the yet to be born, whether it's the, the aging or anywhere in between what God values life. He hates the shedding of innocent blood. And as we look on into God's word, what we clearly discover is that God is the creator of life and he values every life. Listen, all people, regardless of circumstances of, of their conception, whether they're healthy or handicapped, listen, they've been personally knit together by God. He's planned all the days of the unborn child's life before one of them, before one of them ever came into being. What well, God planned them. Well, because he values every life. I, I want you to listen to how the scripture reads in Psalm 139, verse 13 and following. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And we see God involved from the very point of conception in the development of this life that's happening in, in the womb. You know, there's all kinds of different circumstances and situations in which a baby is conceived. And, and, and I would even say some of them are evil. But what we must understand is that God's the creator of life and every life has great value. And he has plans for that life. Again, that's why we must stand for life. That's why we must be a voice for the voices. That's why we must engage in the spiritual warfare against the wrong of abortion that takes a life that God values. So we see what God's word clearly says about the issue of abortion. I mean, it's stated in his word. So how should we respond? What do we do with this information? How do we respond as Christ followers? I, I want to leave you with what I would suggest are three points of action. The first is we need to speak the truth with love and grace. We need to bring truth into the conversation, not using truth in a way to condemn people, not using truth in a way to beat people up, but we want to bring truth into the conversation, and we want to do that with love and grace. You know, I'm reminded of a passage of Scripture in John 1.14 that says, Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. 
So we must address the situation. We must bring truth into the conversation as to the value of a human life and the value of the, of the baby that's developing in the womb. But we want to do that in a way that's gracious, in a way that's loving, so that individuals would be able to receive the very truth that we want to bring into the conversation. Listen, what I know is that we can't just be silent. We must allow our voice to be heard. We must speak up and bring the truth. But again, we want to do that with love and grace. So we want to look for those opportunities where we can speak truth, where we can bring truth into the conversation as to the value of a human life. Here's a second point of action that I would encourage you to is this. Pray consistently for those who would be considering having an abortion. You know, abortion is not just a physical issue. I, I actually believe that it's a spiritual battle. Listen, God values life. What does Satan want to do? Satan wants to destroy life. Matter of fact, 1 Peter 5, 8 makes it very clear. He's looking for those whom he may devour. Because this is a spiritual conflict, a spiritual battle, I would encourage you to consistently pray for those who would be in the throes of a decision. Like, what am I going to do? I find myself pregnant with life. What am I going to do with this life? Listen, this is what I believe. Your prayers can make a difference. As you engage in this process of spiritual warfare, who knows how God might encounter someone, how the Holy Spirit might encounter someone to change their mind from choosing death to choosing life. Many of you may be familiar with my own story and that Charlotte and I have been blessed to adopt both of our children. But with our daughter, Grace, her birth mom was actually contemplating abortion. She had two children, didn't know how she was going to raise a third child. There was so many issues, so many challenges. Is there hope? And oftentimes, that's where individuals are at. They're struggling with the reality of the situation they find themselves in. And she was contemplating, what do I do? Do, do I have an abortion? Do I, do I give birth? And as she's in the throes of this decision, literally she was driving down the interstate and saw a bumper sticker on a car that spoke of the value of human life and choosing life. And the Holy Spirit used that bumper sticker to turn her, uh, to turn her decision to choose life. Today we're blessed with their daughter who's now 17, finishing her last year of high school. See, I believe, I believe someone was praying. I believe the Holy Spirit used a bumper sticker, uh, but I believe that there were individuals who were praying, and in, that, in the throes of that decision, there was a decision to choose life. Listen, friend, that's the value of prayer. That's the value of consistently praying for those who could possibly, even today, be considering an abortion. Here's a third point of action. Become informed and engaged in standing for the sanctity of life. Become active. Active in taking a stand for life. You know, there's, there's numerous organizations. We partner with three specific organizations. One called Embrace Grace, where we come alongside moms who have chosen life and support them, encourage them, disciple them. There's also an organization that we partner with, the Crisis Pregnancy Center of, of the Lake Norman area. A third organization that we financially support is Love Life. Love Life that engages the church to a, to a process of prayer for the unborn. So what they do is they recruit churches to cover the 40 weeks, the, the time period of a pregnancy, and every week at the busiest abortion center in the southeastern part of the United States, down on Latrobe Avenue, the body of Christ, the church is gathering to worship and to pray, to bring the presence of Christ into what I believe is one of the darkest places in our community. 
where lives are being taken every day. The church shows up not to protest, but we show up to pray, to intercede, to worship. Again, to bring light into the darkness. And so this coming week, we're going to be partnering with Love Life Charlotte. So what does that look like? On Wednesday, we're taking Wednesday to fast and pray. So I would encourage you to join us. Join us in a time of fasting and prayer. Uh, you don't have to come to the church, but we're going to, from 12 to 1 here on Wednesday, July the 29th, uh, we're going to have an hour of prayer about this issue of abortion. So we're going to fast and pray. Then on Saturday, we're actually going into the city to pray and worship. And I would invite you to join us, 9 o'clock. Um, you can uh, sign up there online, just in the chat line, say, hey, I want to be a part of that. Uh, we'll get you connected, signed up. But we show up 9 o'clock and, and we worship and we pray and we bring, again, the presence of Christ into a really difficult place in, in our city. So we'd love to have you join us if you can physically. If not, you can join us virtually. They have a Facebook Live um, site where you can be a part of the prayer on that day from your home. But again, what the, as the church, we, listen, we have to be a voice for the voiceless. We have to take our place. We have to engage in the spiritual warfare. Why? Because literally, folks, lives are at stake. That's what I know. Lives that God values. And so he's looking to us as the church to take that sense. So we would invite you to join us. And this is not just the issue of the day. I believe this is an issue that we're called to deal with on a daily basis as the body of Christ. What? We're going to take a stand for life. Is it always popular? No, it's not always popular. But I believe it's the right thing. Why? Because God, who is just, has called us as the church to stand for justice, to stand for what is right, to stand for the value of human life. So I would encourage you in some way, in some form, don't stay on the sidelines. You can't say today, well, I didn't know that there was this tragic reality happening in our community. Today you know. And I would, I would encourage you, become active. Allow your voice to be heard. Take your stand for that which is right. As we conclude today, I just want to lead you in a point of prayer. We want to actually pray right now concerning this critical issue in our community, in our, in our nation. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today for the life that you've given us. Lord, I know for all of us as our families, we celebrate life, the life we have, the children you've blessed us with. So, Lord, we understand today the value of the human life. But, Lord, what we would also understand is there's a conflict happening in our community, in our nation. Lord, there's situations where individuals are, um, Lord, they, they don't see the value of the human life. They, they think it's a massive sales when reality, God, it's very clear in your word. From the very point of conception, there's life that's growing in the womb. So, Lord, today... Today, we pray against the injustice that's happening in our community. Lord, we continue to pray that every abortion clinic in our community would have to close its doors. Lord, because there would be no longer a place or a need for those to profit off of the taking of innocent lives. Lord, I pray beyond that for, Lord, um, individuals who in our community presently would be maybe even considering uh, the choice of abortion. Lord, I pray today whether it would be a a billboard, a bumper sticker, something on the radio, or a conversation with a friend. God, I pray today that they would be, uh, Lord, that they would be moved to a decision to choose life, not death. And Lord, as well, we pray today for those in our church family, in our community, who've, who've in the past decisions of their life, uh, 
made the choice of abortion, Lord, I pray today that they would experience that of your redeeming grace. God, what I know is that your grace is greater than our sin. Lord, may they discover the forgiveness, the healing, the freedom that you have for them in their lives. And Lord, as the body of Christ, as the church, may we continue to be found faithful. May we continue to be those who choose to stand for what is right and righteous in our community as we represent you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you can be a part of our prayer and fasting on Wednesday or the prayer walk on Saturday, we'd love to see you down there joining us in worship and prayer. God bless you. Have a great day.